In this episode of Great Practices, I'm talking with Mark Burnett, owner of Econo Project X, a firm that helps deliver complex projects with confidence. Hailing from Kingston, Jamaica, listen in as this son of the Caribbean talks about the challenges of delivering projects across 19 countries. We discuss why all projects should be given the proper respect, how standardization is the key to successful project delivery, and how markets up to speed quickly in new situations. Plus, you'll find out which islands are the easiest and which ones are the most challenging when it comes to project delivery. It's hard to say when something is a best practice, but it's much easier to know when something is a great practice. And that's what this podcast is all about. Interviews with PMO and project management leaders who, through years of trial and error, have discovered their own great practices and are now sharing their insights with you. Now, sit back and enjoy the conversation as Chris Kopp uncovers another great practice in this episode. Well, we'd like to welcome you to this episode of Great Practices. And today, we're going to be discussing the ability to deliver multiple projects across multiple locations. Because here's the thing, most PMO leaders uh, are going to work in one primary location. That's where all of the requirements are gathered, the planning takes place, the meetings occur, the results are typically delivered there. Now, it may spread across two to three regional offices. Uh, It may spread across multiple customers and you have to go to a client site every now and then in order to get some of this information. But at, at the core, there's going to be a group of people that actually deliver on that project work. Now, the biggest challenge is that, like I said, there may be a little bit of travel that's involved, but the project delivery process is consistent and understood, and the results are predictable. That is until we meet today's guest, who is Mark Burnett. And what Mark has done is he's made this a little bit more complicated, because what would you do if you needed to add nearly 20 different countries languages, backgrounds, level of PMO and project management maturity and expectations into the mix, and you're still expected to deliver consistent results. Well, that's what our guest Mark Burnett will be discussing with us today, delivering projects large and small by getting back to the basics. Now, Mark is an independent project management consultant that owns Econo Projects from Jamaica, and we're excited to have him on today. So, Mark, we'd like to welcome you to Great Practices. I'm happy to be here, Chris. Um, thanks for having me. Now, can you tell us just a little bit further about who you are and what you do, a little bit more about your background? Sure, um, Chris, sure. So, Chris, you know, I was born and raised um, in Kingston, Jamaica. And I also consider myself um, a son uh, of, of, of the Caribbean you know, because of my um, experiences traveling across over 19 plus um, countries um, for work for the past, I would say, um, 12 um, years. So growing up, Chris, you know, I've always been a, a sports fanatic, you know, a natural collaborator, a natural mentor. You know, you could see me with friends hanging out, you know, exchanging ideas and so forth. So I um, fast forward, I I, I studied um, electronics and physics um, at the university. I was very passionate about physics. I wanted to become um, an electronics um, engineer, you know, growing up, you know. 
So, um, you know, after leaving university, I, there was a big boom in the mobile infrastructure um, sector, you know, um, but then we we had like what we call like CDMA CDMA phones, you know those big phones that we used to make calls. Yes. You know, we would go to the phone booth um, in the in the community to make calls. You know, you have these long lines and so forth. So I mean, when I left um, university, it was the boom for mobile communication, and so I I got this opportunity to work, you know, as a wireless engineering engineer and a project engineer. You know, so it was very pioneering for me. So that's when I actually started um, in projects and I would say um, digital transformation, you know, so it started there, you know, I gradually moved up in the ranks. I, I became team lead. I started to manage projects, subcontractors, teams. I started to travel across the Caribbean. Um, then after that, I, I, I worked for um, Ericsson you know, worked across the Caribbean regions, you name them, the Caribbean, the French, the Dutch, you know. And then my, my last assignment was with a particular telecommunication vendor. So that this was in 2019, leading up to 2020, you know, the, the pandemic. Yeah. What happened, I was in the British Virgin Islands because at this time I was working on a critical restoration project, Hurricane Irma had destroyed this island totally. There was nothing there. And I was tasked as a project manager and a part of a special team to restore the network there. So that was a project that I was working on. Uh, I think it was a successful project. But what happened was that this particular um, the vendor that we were working with, there was this disagreement between the vendor and um, the US government. And so we had to leave um, the BVI um, abruptly and over to the customer, leave the BVI abruptly. And so um, that's how um, this appointment ended. But after this, uh, what really happened, Chris, I started to introspect, you know, and reflect. And I was saying, I just have a lot of experiences, you know, yeah. working across these islands. So how is it that I can impact um, the Caribbean region? You know, and that's how I became a project management um, consultant. And I started on these kind of projects. Okay. Got it. So it just kind of sounds like you were just kind of drawn to this over the years, you know, maybe a little bit of a natural inclination. And, and now that's what led into, into owning your own firm here, uh, Econo Project. So that's a good, that's a good path that you've gone down there for sure. Now, one of the things, Mark, that we ask every guest, because every guest has a slightly different, um, you know, definition of this is what is your definition of a PMO? When you hear the word PMO, what is that? What does that bring to your mind? I think this is a great question, um, Chris. So, you know, uh, I will I will share with you uh, what my thoughts were before, okay. and I will before and after, okay. pretty much. So, you know, while working, you know, across the region and working on all these projects, you know, uh, my idea of the PMO was, um, you know, like a, a unit that pretty much. Um, is responsible and accountable for um, ensuring that projects runs well, you know, has the best practices, um, the framework, you know, all the resources and the organizational assets um, that are needed in order to make things happen uh, for the projects and the business units. Yep. So that was my, my idea before. But, um, you know, I've evolved um, 
Chris, because, you know, just after being interacting on different initiatives, I mean, you know, regionally and internationally and working with some of the best, you know, I realized that um, the PMO um, should be more than that. Uh, it should be um, a center of excellence. It should be a value management office, you know. So by that, I mean, um, it should be responsible for the business unit. It should be responsible for the market unit, the value generation. It yeah. should also be responsible for community building in terms of um, how it impacts the culture of the organization. You know, so not only just to focus on projects, but just the overall culture of the organization. It should be responsible for the customer satisfaction index um, as well, which is always the bottom line. And um, lastly, and very important, the innovation. It should drive innovation. Now, let me let me ask you this. You're saying before and after, right? What what is that? What is the point that it shifted when you're saying when did you realize that the definition was a little bit different? Okay, I realized when the definition is a little bit different, you know, in 2019, yeah. when um when 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 you know we had to abruptly leave the British yeah. Virgin Islands because of what took place. Okay. You know? okay. So then I and I started to explore project management, the different methodologies and how the world is looking at project management versus yes. how we were looking at um, project management. And I realized that. Okay. Project management office office is really a center of excellence for the business. And, and I think you said it, you, I loved what you said. It's about value management, you know, because you're going to end up in a situation like that where there is going to be maybe this disagreement or something's not going to go right. And if all you're doing is, you know, projects on time or on, you know, in scope or within budget, there's not that value that is generating and not that connection to the business. So I think that's, that's an important distinction that you're making there. So, um, you know, you're you're talking about you said you're a son of the Caribbean, right? So that's that's uh, something I think many of us would be jealous about. But tell us a little bit more uh, about the location that you work and maybe some of the challenges that this introduces. So when you're talking about you know how you're you're traveling around the Caribbean, what does that look like and what are the challenges that brings? Yes, uh, definitely, Chris. So you know I have had. Uh, uh, multiple conversations with persons from um, different continents, different countries, you know. And um, one other thing that um, I realized, and even when we were doing these projects with these multinational firms, was that when they look at the, the, the map, um, maybe in their mind, um, the Caribbean is this main landscape, it's like one landscape they don't realize how complex it is to, to deliver projects here because, you know, yes, it's the Caribbean, it's just one name, but it's like a melting pot of different countries, you know, person speaking different languages, you know, um, different immigration um, laws and rules, you know, um, in terms of, as I said before, um, the culture. And, you know, um, you know, when you're doing projects across all these different um, territories, you know, um, I say I say to a lot of persons that even before the buzz around hybrid and agile project management, I was doing that back yeah. in 2008, you know, but at the time I didn't know that 
there was a, a package name for it, hybrid project management or agile. You know, you, you have to be adaptive, you know, and um, you have to be flexible and um, you have to listen. You know, so 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 these are some of the things that I realized um, that, that 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 I had to do. You know, working in 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 these different um, regions because um, the expectations are different because of these variables. So what you're saying is, so you know, and again, you know, we're uh, in Atlanta and. Uh, the United States, and we'll just go from, you know, different state to state or whatever, typically, right? And it's not that much of a difference. But what you're saying is that, you know, the these different Caribbean countries, it's different languages, different laws, different regulations, different yes. levels of maturity, all of these types of things that you've got to get in your head, right, as you go in to deliver projects in each one of those, in each one of those locations. So that's kind of what you're dealing with then, right? Yes, yes, yes. And it makes it very, very um, difficult, you know, um, because just to give you um, a perfect example, yeah. for the entire Caribbean, um, and don't quote me on this, I think the last time I checked, we have a, a population of, I think, approximately 35 million plus. So just compare that with Atlanta. Right. You know, and... <laughs> Within this 35 million plus, many countries. So in I've, I've worked in the Caribbean and Central America. It's like 33 plus countries. So what are the what are the project delivery challenges this creates for you? Like what are some of those uh, obstacles you may need to overcome or that you can help with? Okay, so the first one is to create um, you know a project management um, culture. And, you know, generally for a, a project management culture, it takes time to create. Yeah. So these projects are so fast paced that maybe within three to six months, you have to create a project management culture, meaning that you have to identify an appropriate methodology um, to use based on the resources that are available and um, based on um, the team that you're working with in terms of processes and framework, you have to identify and come up with framework within this time frame, three to six months, you know, and, you know, getting resources in and out um, of the countries, you know, um, in terms of their expertise um, level, you know, and, you know, these are these are these are some of the, the the main challenges. And because we were doing like a digital transformation, you know, so it's it's a it, it was a network transformation, mobile um, telecommunication deployment, but it was digital transformation, you know. So with, as you know, with digital transformation, it's new to that particular country, so you will face resistance. So you, can you imagine, um, you know? having to do all of this and you're facing resistance at the same time to deploy something new, you know? So those were some of the, the challenges. And so what I realized in these projects, these projects were very hostile, a lot of conflicts, you know, and finger pointing and blame game. And personally, I didn't like this because I am a natural collaborator as I, as I said in my intro. Yeah. So, so you're basically having to go in, you're having to explain to them, like basically what the project management thought process and methodology is. 
you're having to get the project done and you're having to do it in sometimes adversarial situations. <laughs> okay. All right. So that, uh, that's kind of an interesting uh, three things that you got going against you there. So you've, you've come up with a couple of conclusions based upon this in order, in order to get this done, because you figured out how to work through this. So what are some of the things that you've, uh, that you've realized when it comes to delivering projects in this type of environment? Yes. So the, uh, a great question here, Chris. So at this point, you know, I realized that I was born as a project manager, a, a project manager and a project delivery manager. Yeah. You know, so remember I told you I wanted to become an engineer, but at that time project management wasn't so mature here in the region, you know. Yep. So growing up, we didn't know a lot about it. But at this point, that's that's how I, I knew that. I was a, a born project um, leader, project delivery um, leader, because one, Jamaica is the largest um, English speaking Caribbean country. We have like 200 million plus persons, but you have other Caribbean countries that has like 60,000, 20,000, 30,000 persons. Right. So in Jamaica, what is considered um, a, a small project for us could be a big project for them because it's a smaller population. It's a smaller country. You know, so what I realized was that because the the headquarters, um, the offices or headquarter offices were either in Trinidad or Jamaica, which are the bigger countries, you know, a lot of times we we take some of the projects um, for granted because in those smaller countries or islands, those projects were big projects for them, yep. but in the PMO they were seeing these projects and they were saying, oh, maybe these projects are not priority projects because they are smaller islands, so their projects are smaller. So what I realized that we had to treat these projects, some of these projects, you know, there had to be some criterias how we look at these projects, you know? And um, one of the things that I, 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 I noticed is that I had to speak every time I entered the, the island, I had to have a kickoff meeting with the CTO and the CEO and the functional managers to understand what their expectations were and to get a better understanding how to manage these expectations. And from this, I always noticed that there was a misunderstanding, you know, leading small projects versus bigger projects. Because when I was reporting back to the headquarters, some of the concerns in the island around their projects, it, it was not, I mean, there was a different understanding from the headquarter because they see these projects as smaller projects. Yeah. Within the market, it, these are big projects. So I realized that in terms of like relationship um, building, it should be the same. We should manage this the same, like a large um, project in terms of stakeholder expectation. It's the same thing. And in terms of, you know, and, I, and I'm, I'm reflecting on what you're saying, because I think we could kind of get into that trap easily, because, you know, if you have run a PMO and you've run big projects and you've seen, you know, been there, done that, you know how the whole thing works. 
but you do that all the time, you know, but to these people, that small project is their world. That's the big Your project work. that they're working yes. on. Yes. And, you know, and I think we have to acknowledge that and give it, give it the attention, you know, give it the attention that it deserves. I mean, I think about, you know, you go, you go see a doctor and that doctor, you know, they've probably seen a million of whatever your problem is, but, but, but it is probably no big deal to him, but to you, it's a big deal. So you want to be able to, you know, have that time and that attention and being able to ask those questions. And that's really, I think that's a good fundamental piece that you you realize from that is give these projects the respect they deserve, right? No matter yeah. how big they are. Yes, definitely. And um, yeah, so I just, uh, I, I came up with this, I would say like, a, you know, like a methodology in my mind, you know, and I would share it with my project team, you know, stakeholder expectation, stakeholder management, expectation management, identify an appropriate methodology, communication and relationship building is the the best way to to, to manage and manage these projects and also to leverage the, the, the decisions that are made from the headquarters and um, by our um, key decision makers within the markets. So what you're saying is, and I think, you know, you've got these fundamentals in place, right? And you, you said like the stakeholder expectation management, you've got to have a methodology in place and you've got to have communication and relationship building in place. And it sounds like, you know, when you go visit, like you said, you're going to go visit with the CTO right out of the gate. You're going to go visit with the stakeholders right out of the gate and you're going to get those expectations, you know, set right from the very beginning. So, you know, that's, that's great advice for, for any of us that are involved in projects. So what I'm hearing, the, the first revelation or the first conclusion you had is small projects need the same attention as big projects and make sure that you've got just the basic fundamentals in place. Right. So that's great, great advice. What was the what was the second revelation or the second realization that you came to? Um, in terms of so the, the second revelation um, is the, the the PMO. You know, in project management, you know, you can have a, a centralized and a decentralized um, environment. You know, you could have a our, our makeup. You know, but what I realized. I mean, the the project management office, the PMO, played a very, very important role, you know, in centralizing um, expectations um, over time. Um, It helps to build um, the business units over time, and it helps us to make unified um, decisions, you know, um, over time. You know, so, so, so that's the other thing. The PMO was very, very important um, to this digital transformation and to you managing um, the business um, expectations, the business goals, the business outcomes. And in terms of further development of the business, it, 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 it helps with that as well. Yeah. And it unifies um, decision making. So it sounds like there's definitely an element of um, like standardization that needs to be needs to be put yes. in place, right? Yes. Um, in order for for you to speak the language and for people to understand what what that means when it comes to project success, yes. you know, through and, all of that. Yes, and you, I think earlier I alluded um, to 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 PMO journey. Yep. You know, um, 
for me personally, I really appreciated this because the PMO, you know, it was tough initially when we started implementing the PMO um, as a team, you know. So as I said, over time, we really appreciated the journey, you know, from, 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 from the first up steps that we, we had to take um, in order to come up with this system, in order to manage and centralize uh, what we were trying to do across these 32 markets. And, and it's kind of interesting to me because it sounds like you're doing this and you're putting a PML in place uh, without the people that you're working with even realizing what you're doing until you kind of look backwards and say, look at what we did. We've got this, you know, the structure and this framework and we've got the standard process and we're treating your project with respect, you know, and, and it just kind of happened, but you did that within that three to six month period, which is, you know, which is pretty quick, you know, to be able to pull all it off. Yes. And tell you what, Chris, you know, even sometimes when we had the, the parts of the features of the PMOs, PMOs in place, right? We weren't even getting the buy-in that we needed even from the customer because sometimes they needed to share some inputs uh, with us or certain teams. But what happened, what I did was that my pitching point was when the project was about to say close, when I had to do like the preliminary and the final acceptance and the handover, what I did was that all the things that I needed to pull that would create that handover package. I took all that from the PMO and showed this to the customer. And this was like a lessons learned that showed them how important um, the PMO is, you know, transitioning into their operations. And if it is that they want to do, they are going to do future projects, that's where they could, um, you know, source their, their blueprints, or whatever thing that they need to needed to verify or they needed to have a look at. Yeah, I bet they love that. You know, when it's like it's all right there, it's easy to follow, easy to reference, easy to duplicate. So excellent. Now, Mark, something I always I'm always curious about from you know consultants, I you know that are able to just go from client to client to client to client. What are some of the what are some of the methods or the ways that you come up to speed quickly uh, on what clients need, on what they're working on? Um, you know, since they can be so different, do you have any any tips for that about how to come up to speed quickly in a new situation? Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. So, you know, and and this is a great question. One one other thing that critical and active listening. You know, I, I know this skill because it is so soft. <laughs> it is not uh, talked about uh, too often, you know, but this is very, very important, you know, when you're working um, in dynamic um, situations with clients, you know, you have to listen to, to understand what is, what is it um, that they expect, you know, and sometimes even without um, a project roadmap, you know, you have to understand because why? How, how are you going to identify what their key milestones are? Yep. You know, how are you going to identify what's the best methodology to use with the resources that are available? You know, because maybe we're not able to exceed five resources to say execute a proof of concept, 
that the clients need to learn from in order to grow their business or to, to drive the project forward. So you have to understand what is it, what their expectations are to and tie that into what the resources, what the capabilities that exist, how, how is it that we're able to, to tie their expectation into the capabilities that we have um, around us and execute um, from there. So I think active listening and critical um, listening is very important. Yeah, and I, that's, that's great advice because I think, you know, it's easy to get into a situation and in your mind, you already think you know the answer, you know, and you already know the solution, but you haven't really heard what the problem is yet, you know, and, and you really need to tune into that in order to, in order to come up with the best solution for them. Um, all right, let's get geographic here. Let's get really specific. What is the easiest island to deliver projects on and why? So you've been to 19 plus islands. What's your experience about the easiest island to deliver projects on and why? <laughs> okay, so I think in the region, um, Chris, um, I would say not the easiest, you know, but the better islands to okay. deliver projects on would be the bigger um, islands, like for example, Jamaica and Trinidad, you know, you're looking at uh, 2 million plus um, people. There are bigger countries, they are more developed, they might have more resources and capabilities available yeah. on island, you know. So because of this, you're better able to, 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 to deliver um, projects um, on, on, on these um, islands. Okay, that makes sense. I'm going to ask the flip, the reverse question, what's the toughest island or islands and why is that? The tougher islands, I would say the smaller islands that are, I would say the smaller islands that are, because as I said before, like Jamaica and Trinidad, they are yeah. independent countries, yeah. you know. So like the small, you have some smaller islands, like for example, the Cayman Islands, which is still not considered a British territory, you know. So which means that their laws or like English, British uh, laws, you know. So, you know, if for a Jamaican to go there or certain res or resources from other places, it's very difficult because you have to get a special visa and so forth. And then again, in terms of projects, because the island is smaller, so they are exposed to less project, digital transformation projects of this type. Right. So it means that it's difficult to enter. And when you do enter, you have to create a project management environment um, to deliver, you know, and sometimes you may not be able to have all the expertise that you need. So it means that you have to take like a hybrid, a blended approach where you have to mix the expertise that are there with local expertise, which means that you might have to train persons on the job um, to get the job done. So in terms of like your KPIs and so forth, some of these you might have to shift it. Say, for example, the quality of the sites or the quality of the coverage, you know, or the delivery time, you have to shift your baseline around these things in alignment with the client because of this kind of uh, restriction. Got it. Now, has has like the ability to do remote work, has that helped with any of that and kind of getting the expertise over there or is it still, is it still really challenging? Yes, um, definitely uh, remote work um, helps because 
you know, um, like before the COVID, you know, the client would always want somebody, you know, facing some key persons facing them, you know, and even if you, you suggested to the client that, you know, it could be done remotely, there is no proof of concept to say that will work, you know, but um, since the COVID, you know, we have seen where we have to adjust and we have seen the outcomes, you know, and so even now um, it has helped where um, the client will, you know, accept certain leadership meetings, certain meetings are uh, remote, you know, and um, that has become a norm, you know, and so this has this has definitely helped yeah. um, in the way how uh, we do things. So some of the expertise that are generally required to get into the country, you know, and that will take some time to get the visa and all these other logistics, yeah. um, we're able to do that um, via Microsoft Teams or Zoom. And from a technical standpoint, um, we're now seeing where we're able to virtually um, do technical stuff um, at the sites, you know, or within the field, loading certain software, you know, uh, engineers talking to each other, you know, and this kind of things using these different kinds of um, remote um, tools. It, 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 is, it is amazing what that has done, hasn't it, over the years, yes. you know, with going through this whole COVID experience, the things that you thought, you know, I know many examples of situations. It can never be done remotely. We've got to be there in person. It has to be on site. And guess what? When it was not, when you couldn't do it that way, you figured it out, you know, because it still had to be done. So had to be done, yes. So what it sounds like is the principle is if the island is pretty, you know, if it's larger and it's self-contained almost as far as resources and experience, that's everything easier if it's perhaps a little bit smaller that's a little more challenging then obviously because not everything that you need is there and you really kind of need to bring it with you and that brings some challenges onto that but it sounds like you've really you know resolved or worked through a lot of those and figured that out yes and one more point chris just look at it even some of these islands might not even have a pmp certified maybe one maybe two right Right. So just add that into the mix as well. And like you're saying, you're having to, yeah. you're having to even just get everybody's thought process around what it's all about, you know, and the methodology yes. around that. So anything else that you would like to add where you feel that PMO leaders could benefit, you know, from about what you've learned when it comes to delivering projects in the Caribbean? Yes, um, definitely. So I, because as I said before, I, I, I think I was born as a, as a project delivery um, leader, you know, based yeah. on my experiences, you know. So I just think um, like continuous um, learning, um, this is very, very important because as I said before, I was pretty much, my career was going in the reverse because as I told you in 2008, 2009, 2010, I was um, taking a hybrid approach, an agile approach to projects before the buzz around Scrum and all these things, you know, the way how we were doing projects, but it wasn't formally documented, you know. So as I said, you know, continuous learning will just help you to appreciate how you adapt to people because people management is a key ingredient in project management. Adapt to people, you know, active listening, you know, critical listening, you know, and um, communication. You know, and 
once you are able to set that up, you know, all the other elements of project management, uh, I think is first nature in terms of what tool are you going to use to build out your roadmap, you know, and your, you know, your daily scheduling, you know, and so forth. But I think, you know, continuous learning, you know, active and critical listening, you know, not just to listen on the first day when you did the, the kickoff meeting with the client and then you leave it there. You should always be listening to them because things can change, you know. So it seems like it seems like you have an emphasis or focus on the soft skills and then the the hard skills and all the project management, you know, science of project management that can follow. But you've yeah, got to have that cool. foundation of those relationships that's built, the trust that's built and working with people, listening, all of that kind of part comes into that. So great advice. Great well, advice still, for us. I'll tell you what, Chris, you could be used to a particular software and when you get on site, it's so fast paced that the client is used to one thing and you realize if you are going to roll out, what is it that you know, it's going to take some time. So you have to adapt to what they have and learn it and use it, you know, to just move forward, you know? Yeah. So that's why I, I think it's very important initially to have that kind of thing set up, stakeholder expectation management, communication, uh, try to identify a methodology and the relationship building. Great example. Now, Mark, you've used the term digital transformations many times throughout our discussion. Um, I know you've got kind of your own show uh, around digital transformations. You want to kind of tell everybody what that's about, what you cover, and where they could find that as well? Yes, um, definitely. So um, the digital transformation uh, webinar series, you know, it's pretty much um, three of us, um, that are presently hosting it, you know, you have Jim Strutt from the Boston area in, in, in the US. Uh, you have Emmanuel um, Papadakis um, from Greece. And the idea around um, this digital transformation show is just to highlight um, the importance of um, project management and um, PMO um, within the digital within the digital transformation um, space and vice versa, you know, because I, from my experience and the other guys' um, experiences, I believe that digital transformation is not possible without project management and PMO. And in this current time, PMOs and project management um, is not possible without digital transformation because we're in a digital ecosystem, you know? So that's just uh, pretty much. And just to give you an example of this, um, we've done um, a webinar episode on cloud transformation. And very recently, we did one on the critical role of business analysis in digital transformation. And we, we, we spoke about so many things. We even spoke about um, why is it that, you know, we're not hearing a lot about um, business analysts or business analysts being mentioned in the framework because you know you have the scrum methodology with the product owner, the scrum master, the dev team, you know, um, you know, but no exclusive mention of a, of a business analyst and a business analyst plays a very important role because I myself have been on projects where I heard the idea that there's a project and when I went there, there was nothing in place. Yeah. And actually I had to work with a business analyst to create a project 
um, vision statement, you know. So I personally know how important um, this is to uh, digital transformation. And business analyst is a project manager too. It's a part of project management, you know. So this is what the show is, 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 is about. Well, and I think I think that it's in it's in the name transformation. You know, if you're going to go from one state place to another place, you're going to have to have project management in order to get you there. You get you know? you there. And so you're focusing in the you know on that digital side of things, and this is how this is how you get to it. Um, and I will tell everybody how to get to it because you can go to the pmoleader.com. Um, you can click on content is where you can click on. And then there's webinars. Yes. And then you're going to see digital transformations. It's the one with the palm trees on it and the sunset, (laughs) right? So you can't miss it because it stands out. It's nice and green and it looks so appealing. Um, It's, you know, it's, it's not like the, you know, not like the, the ones we're typically seeing of, you know, business backgrounds and everything like that. So I love it. So it's a real, uh, real good, uh, real good place to visit. And you want to tune into this show for sure. Yeah. So, Mark, thank you very much for being on the show today. What is the best way for people to get in touch with you if they want to discuss any of these other, you know, topics or these suggestions or this insight further with you? What's the best way for people to reach you? It's definitely um, they can reach out to me on on LinkedIn, Mark Burnett, and they can also reach out to me via email, M R K. Burnett, B-U-R-N-E-T-T at gmail.com. Okay, excellent. And um, yeah, I think, you know, LinkedIn is always a great place to, to, to find uh, each other. And we will make sure that we've got that link uh, in the show notes so that they'll be able to quickly get to you there. So Mark, we appreciate you being on the show today. Appreciate the insight that you provided us and some of the great practices that you've implemented and the challenges, you know, just kind of realizing that it's challenging to work against across 20 different countries, but just going back to the fundamentals and coming up with the basics and the standards and the, the processes, all of those things tie into that and treat every project like it's a big project because to somebody it is a big project. So we always want to remember that. So again, thank you for coming on the show today, Mark, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks for having me, Chris. Really appreciate it. Well, that was another great conversation on great practices today, and we certainly do appreciate Mark coming on the show today. So what were some of the great practices that we were able to get from today's show? Well, certainly appreciate the location and challenges that come with working in the Caribbean. Uh, We thought it was interesting, you know, the Caribbean is one name and you got this idea that everything is the same and you can just pop from one island to the next with no big deal. But it's a melting pot of countries, different laws, different rules, different cultures um, that he has to work within and has to figure out and has to come up to speed quickly. So appreciated the fact that it needs to be adaptive, flexible, and listen. And that is kind of challenging because if you think about it, you get into a new situation and they may not have that level of expertise when it comes to project management. So you've got to not only manage the projects, but you've got to introduce the methodology. You've got to get the resources up to speed. You have to work within this new culture. You have to work with the experience that perhaps is on that island. And so that brings in a lot of different challenges that you know, we may not necessarily be used to uh, when we have maybe a little more standardization when it comes to project delivery. But he's figured it out. And that's what I appreciate about Mark. 
is he's come up with a way in order to get these projects done no matter what island or what circumstance he's finding himself in. So what were some of those great practices? Well, I thought this one was pretty good. He gives all projects their due respect no matter how big or how small they are. You know, we may feel like, oh, it's just a small project and it's not that big of a deal. But to the person that is having that project delivered for them, it is big to them. So you want to give it the proper uh, respect that it deserves and the time and the attention. And that's one of the things he does is he'll start a project off on the right foot, meet with the major stakeholders, get their expectations up front. And did you notice he said there's always going to be some alignment that needs to happen or some realignment that needs to happen because their expectations are going to be different than perhaps what you're going to be able to deliver or what you were planning to deliver. So it's good to start off on uh, the right foot there. What else did he bring out that was important when it came to being able to deliver projects in these very unique and diverse situations? Well, standardization played a huge part in that in centralizing and consolidating the various teams uh, to meet these expectations and to unify the decision-making process. And so that's important, really, literally, to get everybody on the same page and set expectations there. And the gift that he would leave behind, I don't know if you caught that, but there's that repository of information where once that project was done, once it was complete, all of the materials that made up that project, he had a nice standardized, organized portfolio or location or repository where they could go and reference any of those documents. So I thought that was kind of a, a, a nice gift to leave behind. What about the question about how to get up to speed quickly? Now, consultants are really good at that because they're going to be dropped into you know different companies, different countries, different cultures, different situations, and they do need to come up to speed quickly because they're expected to deliver value uh, in a very rapid pace. Did you catch what he said? Critical and active listening. That's really what he focused in on, is he would go in and really make sure that he understood what they were, what they were expecting. Um, what did they expect? What were the key milestones? What were the key performance indicators that were important to them? What methodologies were important for them to use? So he'd listen to those things and then he would adjust and adapt in order to make that successful uh, when it came to delivering those projects. And what about the easiest and the hardest islands to deliver projects on? Bigger islands, Jamaica and Trinidad, he said those were easier. And the smaller ones, he said, were harder. And I guess that makes perfect sense when you look at it because the larger islands have more resources, more infrastructure, more uh, you know, ability to get things done without having to bring in a lot of resources from outside. In the smaller islands, you're going to have to do that. You may have to uh, you know, bring in some of these resources and talents and skills, even infrastructure from the outside in order to get that done. Now, I thought about that. Well, that could even apply to our companies and our PMOs because if we're self-contained, we are going to have the ability to get these projects done that much quicker without necessarily having to bring in outside experts. So if there's a, you know, a theme that's developing and you're always needing, I don't know, an architect, you're always needing a business analyst, and you're always needing to go outside somewhere in order to bring that talent in, that may be something that you want to consider bringing into the company itself 
in order to have them right there whenever you need them. And Mark really emphasized the importance of continuous learning. He was really zeroing in on those soft skills, being able to adapt to people. Again, that active and critical listening, communication, all of these things, this was the foundation of what was allowing him to deliver his project successfully. The methodology, the tools, um, you know, the processes, those types of things are going to change from place to place. And you're going to need to be able to adapt with that. But if you've got the ability to adapt to people and listen and communicate well, all of these other things will fall in place. So certainly a lot of great practices on our show today. And we'd like to uh, thank Mark again for being on Great Practices. And we learned a lot from him. Now, do you have a great practice that you'd like to share? If you do, go to thepmoleader.com, click on content, great practices podcast, and there's a form that's at the bottom of that screen. Go ahead and fill that out. Someone will get in touch with you shortly. And you're going to want to make sure to subscribe to Great Practices on your favorite podcast platform so that you don't miss an episode. So we thanks again for listening to this episode and keep putting great practices into practice. Thank you.